At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is VEASAN's Long Shots, the world's number one golf betting show with Wes Reynolds and sometimes Matt Humans. Here is Brady Cannon. Welcome into Long Shots, the world's number one rated golf betting show right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I am Brady Cannon along with Wes Reynolds and Matt Humans. And it is major championship week here as we get ready for the 122nd United States Open Championship. And gentlemen, before we get into everything involving the golf season's third major, let's take a look back at what happened last week north of the border at the Canadian Open. And what a return to action it was for this event. Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, and Tony Finau in the final pairing. Matthew Fitzpatrick, Corey Connors, Shane Lowry, Sam Burns all contending, and Justin Rose, too, who flirted with shooting 59 on Sunday. Really, Wes, a tremendous national open for Canada and the PGA Tour. And in the end, Rory McIlroy successfully defends his title, earning PGA Tour career victory number 21. Yeah, one more than somebody else, as he mentioned, alluding obviously to the CEO of Live Golf, that being one Greg Norman. So a nice little dig from Rory there. And look, the PGA Tour couldn't have asked for, I think, a better response to the news of the week, which was the new Live Golf Tour debuting over at Centurion Club. And you had Rory McIlroy, Justin Thomas, two of the game's greats, and Tony Finau, by the way, nothing to sneeze at. They were in the final pairing together. And you know, Rory looked like Rory can look at times, and when his wedge game is on, he's as dominant as anybody on the PGA Tour, so he gets home about the same price he is this week. We did have a flip of favorites. Now Rory McIlroy going to be the favorite this week at the Country Club at Brookline for the U.S. Open. Justin Thomas right behind. Thomas ended up outright third. Tony Finau, a birdie at the last, got second. So I thought a really cool event. Canada was obviously excited to have it since they had not had the Canadian Open for two years due to COVID restrictions up north of the border but that's all I think that Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour and the television partners and the sponsors could ask for so Rory's kind of been the flag bearer really at least vocally for the PGA Tour and carried the flag I think very admirably on Sunday. Yeah I think Rory right now is the face of golf's good side and uh, it's kind of a good versus evil battle and uh, you know you can question I have many times in the past should Rory be the favorite in some of these tournaments I don't really question that this week. I think he should be. He's also going to be the sentimental favorite. And uh, a lot of people will be pulling for Rory. He's in pretty good uh, form. I, th I think over the last 12 months, he's played really well. And you look at some of these other guys, what, who should be the starting point this week if it's not Rory? I can't make a case for John Rahm to be the favorite. So, And, and the problem here is also with value. If you get, I'm not going to bet Rory. Maybe on the adjusted odds, Wes and I are going to write updates for that this weekend. After the first, second, and third rounds, you might be able to get Rory at a little bit better price in 10 to 1 or 11 to 1. 
two or three weeks ago at Circa, you could have had Rory in the 15 to 18 to 1 range, and that's a totally different bet than 10 to 1. And, w- and, and we know he also has been starting off a little bit slow. We saw yeah, that yep. at the Masters. We saw that a little bit at the, P- at the PGA. He was first-round leader. Then he fell back. Then all of a sudden on Sunday – after he fell off the pace, kind of rallied a little bit. So we've seen him do that on Sunday in two straight majors. So to Matt's point, I think that's a very good idea. If you're going to bet him, wait a little bit. Now, it's not going to drift up some to some ridiculous price like 50 or 60 to 1, but you may get him in the high teens or the low 20s. Let's say he shoots like even par heading into the weekend or something. Well, we all had serious contenders on our cards, but none of us did have Rory. Finau, Lowry, Fitzpatrick, Chris Kirk, Harold Varner. I did cash five players to finish top 20, went 2-0 and in my matchups. Wes, you went 2-1 and on your matchups. You also hit Charles Schwartzel in the inaugural Live Golf Tour event. So Not that- quite for $4.75 million, which is what <laughs> Schwartzel earned for that. Uh, just ridiculous. The second-place player over there getting $2.9 million, which is basically more than he's made in his entire career on the DP World Tour and the Sunshine Tour. So uh, money is talking, and there's some players that are listening. All right. We travel 550 miles from Toronto, Canada, to Brookline, Massachusetts for the U.S. Open. The 122nd edition will take place at the Country Club, a historic course that has hosted a number of both professional and amateur majors, the 1999 Ryder Cup. And the last U.S. Open that the Country Club hosted was Curtis Strange beating Nick Faldo in a playoff in 1988. Wes, let's start with your handicap this week and how you attacked this field and this golf course. Yeah, we do have kind of a more of a classical golf course. I believe it was the five founding country clubs of the USGA back in 1894. So country club in Brookline, as you mentioned, has not hosted the U.S. Open since 1988. It's hosted some U.S. amateurs and most recently back in 2013. And there's a certain player that might be popular this week that won that U.S. amateur, that being Matt Fitzpatrick when he was a 19-year-old collegiate player at Northwestern. So, you know, when I looked at this course a little bit, this is not like what we've seen in the U.S. Open the last couple years at Torrey Pines or at Wingfoot where you're looking 7,500, 7,600 yards plus. This is about a little bit under 7,250. So, you know, not necessarily what you would consider like the bomb and gouge course of recent years at the U.S. Open. Uh, They've really went to some longer courses of late. So, but it's not going to be any less challenging, I don't think. The fairways, you know, relatively medium. They're not exactly narrow, but you've got very small greens here, about 4,400 square feet on average they're fast 12.5 on the stem the rough going to be about three and a half four inches pretty much standard u.s open rough poa greens about 70 percent poa 30 percent bent grass so i guess when i was looking at correlated courses this week uh kind of went a couple different ways went with some of the more traditional u.s open venues like olympia fields mm-hmm. like actually pebble beach the 2019 setup which obviously plays longer than the pro-am does in february on a yearly basis tory pines the 2021 U.S. Open setup, uh, mainly because of the greens, I think are very similar mix. And then I also used other U.S. Open venues, Marion, Beth Page Back, Oakmont, a couple of the regular tour venues, TPC Potomac, which hosted the Wells Fargo a few weeks ago, and then last week's venue, St. George, which hosted the RBC Canadian Open. Matt, where did you go with this golf course? Were there some certain things that you uncovered in your handicap this week that led you one direction or another as far as a certain player or maybe a certain type of player that you think will have success this week? Driving accuracy is going to be imperative this week. You, you have to stay out of the rough. Uh, like I, I was talking about this with uh, JVT on the show today. I think the rough is kind of like Carrot Top's hair. You're going to stay <laughs> out of it. Mm-hmm. It's deep. It's uh, tangled. It's going to be tough if you get into it. So driving accuracy is very important. Uh, obviously, iron play, approach to the green shots. you got to put a big emphasis on that when you're looking at the stats and the type of player you want to play. And really the driving accuracy is what concerns me the most about a player like Will Zalatoris, who's been very erratic with his driver. He, almost, he managed to almost win the PGA. He lost in a playoff despite being near the bottom in driving accuracy that week. That's not going to happen this week. If you're near the bottom in driving accuracy, you're not 
going to be on the leaderboard on Sunday. Yeah, and I'll piggyback off Matt here. Are you, I think you have to look at approach. We don't have a lot of data, considering this is not played on the PGA Tour every single year. But you look on approach, and Matt brought up the uh, driving accuracy. It's kind of been poor for Will Zalatoris. But number one on strokes gained approach over mm-hmm. the last 36 rounds is one Will Zalatoris. I'll run down that top five. Cameron Smith, Scotty Scheffler, Max Homa, Aaron Wise, uh, Hovland, Spieth, Thomas, a couple other notables that are in the top ten. But in terms of driving this week, I didn't go with strokes gained off the tee. And I'll be interested to get John Hauselbauer, our guest, comment on that to see how he kind of modeled it. We might have, I think, went the same way this week. I went with total driving. Mm -hmm. And total driving is a combination of driving distance and driving accuracy. This is the U.S. Open. So you got to hit it long as you can and as straight as you can. And the guy that's been doing that this season, even though he's kind of been a little bit below his standards, is John Rahm. He was number one for total driving this week. And then you go Victor Hovland, Xander Schauffele, Cameron Young, Colin Morikawa, Jason Kokrak, Davis Riley, Rory McIlroy, Sunjay M, the top nine there in total driving. So I looked at that. I also looked at strokes gained around the green. This is going to be a little bit different than Southern Hills where you had those tight lies with not a lot of grass. You're going to have some thick rough around the green. So you're going to have to scramble. Your chipping game is going to be good. And then just breaking down the course a little bit. You've got some long par fours here. So you could look strokes gained 450 to 500 yards, strokes gained uh, 500 yards. All of these, I think I came up with like 10 stats in the model this week. That'll be in the column at Point Spread Weekly. That'll also be up at vcin.com on Wednesday. Yeah, I think this course is very crowded in the sense that it's not going to give you much room to escape. You've got dog legs in both directions off the tee. You've got these rock outcroppings. You've got this mounding in the fairway, the thick rough. These greens are very, very tiny. Like you, Wes, I also looked at total driving. I think this course will play long. There's also about a steady 15-mile-an-hour breeze in the forecast, and there's possible thunder showers as well. So I think even though it's a you know 7,200-some-yard course, it is a par 70, and I think it'll play longer than it might look like on paper. I looked at total driving with you, or like you as well. I looked at greens and regulation, strokes gained approach, scrambling. I think short game's going to be imperative. These guys are going to miss a lot of these small greens. And greens and regulation's going to be even tougher this week because of the speed of the greens and the different contours. Some run east-west, some run north-south in terms of the slope. So you're going to see what looks like really good iron shots. And Gil Hans, uh, who did the renovation on this course several years ago, also did Southern Hills for the PGA. He mentioned you're going to feel like you hit a good shot and then you're going to see this ball roll off the green a little bit and you're going to have to have your chipping game and your scrambling game, as you mentioned, is going to have to be in tip-top shape. Yeah, I looked at a lot of the courses that Gil Hans has done recent renovation work on as correlated courses for myself. Uh, I use Colonial. I always feel Colonial Country Club is a good U.S. Open-type setup. Mirfield Village, where they hold the memorial, uh, just won recently by Billy Horschel. PGA National, home of the Honda, both very difficult golf courses. I looked at Silverado and Napa, where I think total driving applies. And then also the other uh, Gil Hance renovations, Winged Foot, Aronimink, Ridgewood, Mm -hmm. Southern Hills. You mentioned Olympia Fields, Wes. Uh, Matt, if you look at the last 10 U.S. Open winners, the average price of the last 10 U.S. Open champions was around 30 or 40 to 1. John Rahm was the chalk last year. I think all three of us were on him at around 12 to 1. Uh, when it comes to majors, and this week in particular, Matt, we typically, week in and week out, like to skirt the favorites. But when I think you get to a field like this, did you pay more attention to the shorter price guys? No. Not at all. Now, last year, I think Rom was popular among us and a lot of people because he had such a great track record at Torrey Pines right. in the U.S. Open. This year, we don't have course history to go by, really. And uh, I generally don't like to bet the favorites. I'm always trying to beat the favorites. And, Wes, when I look at this board, I think – it's very hard to find value in any players uh, under 20 to 1. Yeah. You know, it, it's, I start to look for value at 20 to 1 and higher. And that's what I did here, basically. I think the, uh, the shortest shot I consider playing pre-tournaments, Will Zalatoris at 25 to 1. Everything else is over 30, 40, and uh, 50. Just because I think if you, if you like one of the favorites, wait till after the first round, right. after the second round. Brady, we talked about this. You might be able to find more value with the adjusted odds. I think very rarely are you going to find value betting at a betting a player in a in a field this deep at somewhere around twelve to one or fifteen. And to, one. to your point, you can get a lot of quality players kind of in that mid range mm-hmm. that don't necessarily have to be you know anywhere from ten or fifteen to one. 
But keep in mind also that class players win the U.S. Open. If you look sure. at the recent trends, eight of the last U.S. Open winners have been ranked in the top 15 in the OWGR. That's the official world golf rankings. 11 last 11 U.S. Open winners, 12 of the last 14 in the OWG, OWGR top 30. So, you know, this isn't one also where you can really just go ahead and take bombs at 300 or 401. There's a reason why those guys are priced that high. So, Go with class players. It's not like the Masters where a complete stooge like Sergio or Patrick <laughs> Reed could win the tournament. Okay. Well, we knew we were going to get okay. that dig in there. Let's see what our guest has to say all about this. It is our member guest segment. We like to bring in heavy hitters for the major championships, and this guy's a heavy hitter himself. John Hasselbauer, he's a golf betting writer and content provider for the Lines U.S., and you can follow him on Twitter at PGA Tout. John, welcome back. It's great to have you on Long Shots once again. Wes and Matt and I, we've gone over all of our ideas about this golf course, our handicap, and what skill sets will likely be most important this week at the Country Club. What are your thoughts about this track, and how did you approach the handicap this week? Yeah, first of all, thank you guys for having me back. It's nice to be chopping it up with you once again, and U.S. Open is my favorite golf event of the year, so I'm, I'm super excited to see the action play out this weekend. Uh, when it comes to the country club, it's a really unique uh, US, uh, U.S. Open venue. It still has all of the USGA treatment of really grown out rough around the, the fairways, but mainly around the greens. It's got a lot of complex hazards, not just bunkers that we're used to seeing. There's all obscure uh, undulations and hills that you're playing out of, uneven lies everywhere, fescue that's going to prevent players from bombing, gouging. Uh, which I think was a strategic decision when they picked the country club. You know, Gil Hans is involved in the restoration here. He was involved with the Wingfoot project. He saw Bryson kind of go a different direction, bomb and gouging that place and playing it in a way that it wasn't designed to be played. I think this course is very bomb and gouge proof, which is uh, really interesting for a U.S. Open where we typically just see the longest hitters have the most success. This is going to be a week where accuracy is actually a little bit more important then driving distance with it just playing a little bit over 7,200 yards. So uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I know we're, we're supposed to see an elite name win these types of events, but and while I still believe that's true, I think it opens the door just a little bit to maybe somebody in that mid-tier who may, may have some elite skill sets, but you know sacrifices maybe a little bit of distance to the field. I think those guys are still kind of viable this week. John, I know in reading your piece, as I do every week, and you can get that at thelines.com, where you break down the course and kind of, you know, what you're putting in your model this week. We don't really have a lot to go on because we haven't seen this venue basically for about 30 plus years. But, you know, when I was looking, I was saying, okay, you got to be good off the tee. You got to hit it as long as you can and as straight as you can. But I personally did not go with strokes gained off the tee in the model this week. I'm interested to see how you approached it. Did you go more on the accuracy side, or did you go with total driving for this particular event? Yeah, I'm the same way with you. I didn't do off the tee. I did both driving accuracy and driving distance, just so I could weight them both, but put more of an emphasis towards accuracy. Um, and, and we might talk about Thompson a little bit, but I really think, TPC Potomac, if you can find success there, the same sort of skill set of hitting it long and straight and keeping yourself in the fairway, avoiding super penal rough, giving yourself an opportunity to hold some really tricky greens. Uh, and, and everybody that we saw at the top of that leaderboard, whether it be Homa, Fitzpatrick, Cam Young, uh, Keegan Bradley, those are all the types of players and sort of profile that I think is going to translate uh, well for success this week. Curious what you think about a couple of the live golf guys, Louis Oosthuizen and DJ. They've been standouts in this tournament in the past. How do you treat Louis, DJ, this week? Do you fade these guys, and do you have a strategy for all of the live guys in this uh, U.S. Open this week? Yeah, I mean, you got to think a little bit of it is them going to live because they don't believe that they can grind their way to a, a full-time job on the PGA Tour anymore. So I do have some concerns about the guys at the top of the board who've gone over to live. Um, I think where I see myself is maybe more in the value range, a guy like a Kevin Na, who got astronomically long odds, but uh, maybe somebody who may go overlooked because he's over at live. But actually, uh, if you just look at the PGA Tour results, has really good form and, and a nice little buy low. Um, you know, 
long shot, obviously, appropriate sport um, for this show, but um, he's the guy that caught my eye. John, uh, maybe the polar opposite of the Live Tour, uh, a couple guys that are definitely in the news these days and have been for a few weeks, Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas. They were right there at the top of the leaderboard last week. Of course, Rory coming out victorious. Are you going to ride this momentum and this kind of this buzz that these two guys, these flag bearers for the PGA Tour, if you will, do you think that's going to carry over to Brookline or are, you going, or are they not a factor in your handicap this week? Yeah, it's uh, sort of a good versus evil vibe now where the purists who are playing for the love of the game are going up against the, the guys who are grabbing a handful of cash and going the other way. So it makes for a really interesting drama, especially from, from a spectator perspective. But, um, yeah, what, what, what bad things could you say about both of those players? They're firing on all cylinders. I think it's good for us betters because it puts more of a premium than we would have otherwise seen on those two guys. I don't think it's a lot of fun to bet the 10-to-1 guy um, at favorites at, at events like this, but it does offer a bit more of a premium and maybe a little bit of slippage from guys in that mid-tier where I see myself gravitating more towards. And, John, uh, speaking of the mid-tier, and you can go a little bit longer, 60, 70, 80-to-1 range, you know, just kind of looking – at the guys that have won here, it's not always the chalk. John Rahm, of course, was about 10 to 12 to 1 last year. But, look, we've seen Gary Woodland at 80 to 1. We've seen Webb Simpson at 80 to 1. Graham McDowell, you know, within the last dozen years or so win the U.S. Open. So anybody kind of in that price range that you put on your card this week? Yeah, I think two guys that are on my card in that range are two guys that were on my card at the PGA Championship that I feel like I've been, I had one stolen from me. Um, but uh, Cameron Young and Nito Pereira, I think, are right in that 60-to-1 range. Two guys that are elite at driving the golf ball, keeping it in the fairway, but also gaining on the field in terms of distance, which even though this is only a little over 7,200 yards, it's still going to be important to have that distance, whether it be just having a closer approach in or having a more lofted club in to hold these tight greens. Um, and they're just both in really great form right now, playing well in the golf courses. You want to be trending going into this event. They're two young guys, rookies on the tour, and they don't have the pedigree or U.S. Open experience to get a premium on their price yet. So I think you're still able to get a little bit of a discount on two guys that, um, you know, sky's the limit, it would seem like, if they're off the, this hot of a start in their rookie season. All right, John, Cameron Young's on my card, too. Uh, I'm, let's stick with a foursome here. Brady Cannon's a generous man. If He likes to throw money around. If he gave you $100 and said you could bet only four players on the futures board, how would you bet it? Well, I, I, I don't know if I could do the math <laughs> of, of exact allocations, but if you give me four guys to bet, I would start my card with Colin Morikawa this week. Mm. Uh, he's a guy I spent a good, time, a good amount of time writing about, and uh, just somebody who obviously we know the putter's not always going to be there, but when it is, he's essentially a lock to finish top five um, if he's not losing strokes to the field with his putter. And he's shown us in uh, majors, he's played 10 majors over the course of his career, and seven of those times he's gained strokes putting. Um, so if you tell me I've got a 70% chance that uh, Colin Morkow is going to gain strokes putting and the rest of his form is good, and we've taken distance out of the equation at this course and the greens are super tiny and it's going to reward uh, accuracy with, with your approach, those are all things that are going to get me excited about playing Colin Morkow. I think he's available right around 30 to 1. Uh, you can still get right now. I think that's an excellent price. Um, I'd include Young and, and Nito there in the mid-range um, as two guys that I think um, you know, are good values still. And I really like Keegan Bradley. I think Keegan Bradley is probably the best value on the board right now. I expected the whole New England hometown narrative to be priced in and, and to slash his price down. He's had, I want to say, three top tens in his last seven starts. The form is really good. He could have easily won. Um, at PPC Potomac, which I think is one of the most translatable courses to this event. And you're still getting triple-digit odds on him. We know that the story with Keegan is that he's going to be good, good tee to green, and we don't know what to expect with the putter. It actually looks like he's turned things around with the putter. He's gaining a lot um, and spiking with it, which is un unlike anything we've seen from Keegan Bradley before. So uh, that would be my four if I could only pick four. Well, very good, Mr. Hasselbauer. Thank you again for joining us here on Long Shots. Enjoy the U.S. Open, my friend, and we'll do it again down the road, John. Thank you. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you, guys, and good luck. 
All right, that is John Hasselbauer. You can get his content at The Lines US and follow him on Twitter at PGA Tout. When we come back, we shift over to the bookmaker portion of our member guest segment for major championships. We always like to bring in a better and a bookmaker. Nick Bogdanovich of Circa Sports joins us next right here on Long Shots. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon, Wes Reynolds, and Matt Humans with you as we continue the member guest portion of the show with Nick Bogdanovich of Circa Sports. Nick's congratulations on your new job, my friend. We always love having you on for the U.S. Open because I know it is your favorite 
of the four major golf championships. And it looks like we may get exactly what you love about this championship. And of course, that's some carnage. The Country Club at Brookline looks like it will be a, an extremely demanding test of golf. And I want to know, in your work there at Circa with your partner Jeff Davis, I know he's heavily involved in the golf odds. Uh, up on the futures board, what are some of the types of golfers that are receiving the majority of the attention? I is it pretty chalky? Are they betting the bombers? Are they betting the shorter hitters? What kind of pattern, as far as players, are you seeing bet to win this U.S. Open? Yeah, uh, Brady, good to be with you. No no real pattern. Uh, obviously, Rory's drawing a ton of money. Uh, you know, and rightfully so. Obviously, he's in great form right now, coming off a big win. And, you know, people love to bet a, back a, a hot golfer. Xander uh, Schauffele is drawing really, really big money. Uh, obviously, his U.S. Open uh, history is very good. And, you know, but he hasn't played all that great this year. So that's an interesting one. They're taking like 25 to 1 with the X fan. And, but he's drawing some really, really, really big money. Nick, uh, relatively, I say a new course, an old course. It's been around for over 100 years, but we hadn't had the U.S. Open here since 1988. It seems like, you know, this is kind of the old school U.S. Open course in the Northeast, kind of tight fairways, uh, small greens that run very fast. The last couple of years in the U.S. Open, they've been bomber's paradise. Torrey Pines, Wingfoot, courses at 75, 7,600 yards. So, did that change anything in terms of uh, maybe having a bias for or against any particular players, at least in the top of the market? Yeah, no, very, very good question. It's hard to figure out uh, just what what kind of player is going to be, you know, helped out on this course. Obviously, I, from what I understand, the rough is going to be typical U.S. Open penal, uh, fairly long for a par 70. The, the, the weather is going to be critical. I, I think the, I'm reading – I don't know, several different reports. I, I guess there's going to be steady 10 miles an hour and a lot of 15-mile-an-hour 15 15 at times, uh, hotter early in the week, cooler on the weekend. So weather will be a factor. But, you know, it's a major. It's the U.S. Open. I guess whoever handles uh, the difficulty mentally the best, uh, you know, will, will probably be there come, come, come Sunday. But, yeah, it, it's really hard to handicap a course that is completely a blank slate. Like you said, I mean, Augusta, you know, you you got a good uh, course history to go on. Uh, that's part of the handicap here. It's, it's a total crapshoot because none of these none of these players are familiar with this track. Couldn't agree with you more. I love the the course history angle, the capping. I have a serious question for you. I'm trying to compare uh, people I know on this show to professional golfers, and I look at Brady, and he reminds me a lot of Scotty Scheffler. Cool, calm, very steady. Wes is a lot like John Daly. Uh, Nick, who do you who reminds you of you? Who would I be as a golfer? That's a good question. Uh, who would he be, Brady? Well, I, I'd be looking for a guy with lousy iron play, but it's really straight <laughs> off the tee. Wow. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm, I might be the worst iron player in the free world. <laughs> I really might be. I mean, it's. Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder hit it better than I do. <laughs> I do uh, do have a serious question. So, any of the big names in the field this week not getting any play? You've seen some guys who were just ignored. Maybe uh, Jordan Spieth not drawing any action. Any guys at the top who are not getting play? Yeah, Spieth's not getting a, in, any bit whatsoever. Uh, I mean, just none. Uh, DJ, DJ's not getting any play whatsoever. Uh, Victor Hovland not getting any play whatsoever. So basically, people who are not in really good form. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, people always, always, you know, they always go back. They always revert to what they saw last. If someone's playing good, they're going to bet them, and if they're playing bad, they're they're just going to stay away from them or bet against. And it, it, it's no different in golf. So those are the three probably big names that. Are, aren't getting anything, any play at all. You know, and you can throw in Mickelson and DeChambeau, though. You, you can't give a bet away on those two. 
Nick, we had you uh, as a guest on Long Shots here in 2020. That was the U.S. Open at Winged Foot. You made a great call. In fact, uh, just a, a month prior or so, you would bet Colin Morikawa to win the PGA Championship at Harding Park, which he did. And then we asked you, you know, who's who's a guy you're looking to fade at the upcoming U.S. Open? And you said Colin Morikawa because he was just off of that win, his first major championship of his career, what have you. Do you have any uh, takes this year on who you might be looking to fade going into the country club? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I'm looking to fade. I'm looking to fade Rom. Uh, he's been overpriced all year. I, I still respect him. Obviously, Rory and JT are the two main guys this week, and then Rom's probably in the three or four hole. But I think he's been overpriced all year. Uh, you know, I just, you know, at the beginning of the year, he was such a big favorite over. Over the guys they they match him up with, and he burned a lot of money this this year in matchups. So I'm looking to fade Rom. I'm looking to fade Spieth a little. I, I think he just sprays it too much, and I don't think it, his, his scrambling. He won't be able to get up and down from the, the thick rough like he normally would on a normal tour event. I'm looking to fade DJ too. I mean, you know, he's traveling back over from the Middle East. He's involved in that LIV controversy, so I'm looking to get to fade. Uh, DJ as well. Nick, if we were to give you four this week here at the Country Club at Brookline for the U.S. Open, who would be your foursome in terms of betting? Uh, I always like to go deeper. So I, I would say Sam Burns at like 28, 30 to 1. I could see him. He's cool as a cucumber in great form. Tony Finau. I like Finau. He's, you know, he's out, he, he, he hasn't. He had a rough start of the year, but he's really starting to play good. He's one of those guys he's just in good form right now. Uh, Davis Riley's been riding him all year, about 60 to 1. But I I'm talking about mainly if I play someone to win it, that means I'm backing them in matchups as well. Go with the local kid, Keegan Bradley. He's played real well this year. and Hopefully he won't put too much pressure on himself to perform and in front of the home crowd, and he'll go out there and, and, and play loose because I think he, he could be live. Uh, Aaron Wise, uh, I like the way Aaron Wise is playing right now. I think you probably get about 75 or 80 to 1 with Aaron Wise. But it's probably four or five guys deeper down the line that I'd look to, to get a few dollars on. Well, it sounds good to me, Nick. I'm on a couple of those guys, and our guest, uh, John Hasselbauer, is right there with you on Keegan Bradley. Thank you so much, as always, my friend. Again, congratulations on the new gig at Circa, and we'll talk to you down the road, Nick. All right, guys. Good luck this weekend in the golf. Uh, may the ball bounce your way. <laughs> All right, indeed. And there's going to be some odd bounces at this golf course for sure. When we come back, we'll go through our match play segment where we give out all of our plays, Wes, Matt, and myself, for all of our plays for the 122nd United States Open right here on Long Shots. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if... no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. 
I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Long Shots. Brady Cannon, Matt Humans, and Wes Reynolds with you. And it's time for our match play segment. We go over all of our plays for this week's event. And, of course, it is a major championship, the third one of the golf season, the United States Open. Matt, we will start with you. Who are you on this week for the U.S. Open? Any head-to-head matchups and maybe any prop bets that you dabbled in as well? Okay, no prop bets yet, but hoping to add some of those by tomorrow. But uh, I've played five guys in the outright market so far. Sam Burns at 32 to 1. Swinging Sammy, I won with him once uh, recently. It's kind of a miracle uh, comeback he had a few weeks ago. In the past 14 months, Burns has four wins and three runner up finishes. He tied for fourth in Canada last week. Steady player, impressive form. I think there's still a little bit of value at these odds. It's hard to find uh, value, I think, in the. Um, in the teens or 20s on many of these players. But at 32 to 1, I went ahead and played Sammy Burns. Cameron Young at 50 to 1. Now, a couple months ago, you could have had him at about 150 to 1 at a couple of spots. To a rookie knocking on the door, third in the PGA Championship in May. I think he's going to win. He's going to be a big winner at some point. He's long off the tee, but he's also pretty accurate. And he, he's strong in all areas of the game. So Cameron Young at 50 to 1. Corey Connors, 60 to 1. I played him last week. And uh, he waited too long to show up. He closed with a 62 on Sunday to finish in the top five. But I think he fits the profile of the type of player who should excel at the country club. The rough is thick. He's got driving accuracy, precision, approach to the green play. I think Connors could be a sleeper this week. Not a guy I play too often, but I'm going to play him here two weeks in a row. Justin Rose, 80 to 1. Two, week, uh, two months ago, I never thought I would be on this guy in the U.S. Open. He was cold. Ice cold, but he seems to be getting hot. Uh, he went 10 under on Sunday, tied Sam Burns for fourth in Canada. At 41, I don't think he's too old to still contend in majors. He was throwing darts last week, and I like guys in great current form like this. So let's go for Justin Rose, who did win a U.S. Open in 2013. 
Uh, it was a long time ago, but the last time Rory won a major was 2014. These guys can still win. And Rose uh, just played well at the uh, PGA Championship, too. He did. And he's you, you can probably find him still at 100-1 to 1 out there at a couple spots. But 80-1 to 1 is a pretty good number on Rose. And Max Homa, I played a month ago after the PGA in May when he finished in the top 15. I just thought 80-1 to 1 was going to be a good number. Right now, Circa's down to around 50-1 to 1 on Homa, who at some point here is going to threaten to win a major. And... At the PGA, I thought he started to break through a little bit. I am going to add Will Zalatoris. Wes <laughs> talked me into it. Willie <laughs> right. Z, 25 to 1. Uh, I've played him so often here the last uh, four or five months, i got to stick with him this week. So I'm going to add Willie Z. I played one matchup that, that I think Nick talked about. Uh, Xander Shoffley. Nick likes Shoffley, right? I think he likes X. Shoffley minus 135 over Spieth. I added that today. All right, very good. Mr. Reynolds, your U.S. Open card. Uh, two that I had before this week that I would I don't know if I would have necessarily added, but I have them at numbers that I bet, you know, basically a couple weeks ago. Cameron Smith, 30-1. to 1. I have him in every major, basically at 30-1 to 1 that I bet for the Masters. Not in very great form. Now, he's been talking up the course like he likes it, but he's been terrible off mm -hmm. the tee of late. So, mm -hmm. you know, I probably wouldn't have added him this week. Now I'll end up poo-pooing it, and he'll end up being in contention on Sunday. <laughs> That's just how it works. And I also did play Soon JM 66 to 1 last week. He is now down in like the low 40s and even the high 30s right now. A lot of uh, notable tipsters, including a few that appear as guests on Long Shots, tipped him. Uh, Soon JM, really good in bogey avoidance. And I think bogey avoidance, and I'll get to that with a couple other guys in a minute. Fourth this week in bogey avoidance, seventh in around the green strokes gain over the last 36 rounds, ninth in total driving. Soon JM, I know our buddy Dave Tyndall over at yeah. Betfair actually had a surprise that ended up being when he commingles all those trends and allocates points to them accordingly, you know, based on age or based on experience, how many U.S. Open starts you have. And soon JM came the top. And I think everybody read that piece and apparently bet him, including me. So those were two that I added before the week. So I'll get it, to. It's interesting, Wes. You know, yep. that, that was Dave Tyndall's 10-year trends piece. Yes. But if you, you, you talked about it with bogey avoidance and around the greens, if you just go through the numbers, Sun JM makes a lot of sense, too. Yeah, absolutely. And I know he hasn't quite contended this year, but this is a good player. I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the first page on Sunday. I did go with one of the chalky guys. I wanted to avoid that top four. Look, you can make a case for Rory and Thomas and Scheffler. The one I made a case for of those four was John Rahm, though. Mm. And I know he's been a little bit down this year by his standards. He got that win in Mexico. That was against a really weak field, though. But I think it's because of his short game, too. 96th in strokes gained around the green in this field over the last 36 rounds and 85th over the last 24. Poa greens, he putts pretty well on Poa. We saw that last year at Torrey Pines when he birdied 17 and 18 to go ahead and rip it from Louis Ustays and give us all a winner. We know what Rom does. He's arguably the best driver of the golf ball in the world in terms of hitting it long and hitting it straight and kind of commingling those two He's got to be number one in the field in total He's driving. He's number right? one in total driving. Yeah. He's number one in strokes gained off the tee, last 24 and last 36 rounds. First in strokes gained ball striking. That's off the tee plus approach over the last 36 rounds. So I think maybe this is a week. John Rom's kind of been a little bit under the radar, been a little quiet lately. I think maybe this is the week he comes on. Xander Shoffley, Matt mentioned him. Nick Bogdanovich mentioned him. 22 to 1. He's been sharper of late with the irons. Eighth over the last 24 rounds and fourth over the last 12 rounds for strokes gain approach. He's always pretty darn good at driving the golf ball. He's third on tour this season for total driving. If you combine that approach with that off the tee game that's peaking at the right time, this could be the breakthrough. And you look at Xander Schauffele, I mean, six top fives, nine top tens in major championships over the last five and a half years. So he's always kind of right there, kind of lurking underneath and just never can quite get home in a major. Major, but I think eventually he's going to do it. This could be the week. Will Zalatoris, who Matt is going to add. Uh, the best I saw on him, I think, was 30-1 to 1 at DraftKings. He's basically high 20s or right around just a little bit short of 30. It's tough to bet a guy that's never won a PGA Tour event at shortest odds to make that first win a major. But <laughs> Tough to bet against look him at how the form. well he does in majors. 2020, sixth at the U.S. Open. 2021, second at the Masters. 2021, eighth at the PGA. Missed the cut last year at Torrey Pines at the U.S. Open. And then almost won on the same course this year at the Farmers Insurance, withdrew from the Open Championship with an injury, 
2022, sixth in the Masters, second in the PGA, loses that playoff to Justin Thomas. And and I think he showed resiliency, too, because, look, he missed the cut the very next week at Colonial. Obviously, that's tough to get over in less than seven days' time when you lose a playoff in a major. But then was T5 in the Memorial in his last start. Yep. So he shows that he can rebound very quickly. Uh, I wasn't going to play this guy this week because I think he's going to be popular because he has a win on the golf course. But Matt Fitzpatrick, 34 to 1, top five at the PGA, top 10 last week in Canada. Worst week of his putting career at the Memorial. Remember when he missed the cut, but like he was second in the field for strokes gained T to green, couldn't hit a putt. And his putting is usually one of the strengths of his game. It was way better last week in Canada. Ideal game for the U.S. Open, obviously having won on this course at the Country Club back in 2013. Number one in the field in bogey avoidance. He grinds out pars, makes very few mistakes, and that's what you got to do at the U.S. Open. So I've always felt that his game, because this, it's not a score fest. Like, he's never going to win a score fest where it's like, okay, you got to shoot 15 under in a major or 25 under in a regular tournament. He's not a birdie fest type of winner, but he's a guy that wins grinders, and this will be an absolute grinder. Shane Lowry, 35-1, to 1, very good run so far this year, a top three at the Masters and at the RBC, runner-up at the Honda, top 10 last week up in uh, Toronto at the RBC Canadian Open, number two right behind Fitzpatrick in bogey avoidance, and he's got the game to contend at the U.S. Open. If you remember back at 2016 in Oakmont, when he had a four-shot yeah. lead, he had to finish on Sunday because of the weather delay, so he had to play a couple extra holes. Ended up not winning. That ended up being Dustin Johnson winning his first major. Lowry finished one back in a tie for second. But he's got the game. And ever since then, he won a Claret Jug at the Open Championship. So he's got, you know, the heartbeat, I think, for a major championship. And he can hang in there when the going gets tough. Uh, Tony Finau, who I had last week at the RBC, ended up finishing second. Really slow start this year. And, and my price on him, by the way, 36 to 1. Three top fives are in his last five events. You know, 62-64 on the weekend, so you want to say, oh, Tony Finau, the second-place runner-up Tony again. Guy shot 62-64 on the weekend and just got beat by Rory McIlroy, so no shame in that. Fourth around the green last week, fifth in strokes gained putting. Tony Finau, 36. And then my longest shot on the board, I, I you can find this at Circus Sports. I think in most of the market he's in the high 60s, maybe the low 70s, but Tommy Fleetwood, 89 to 1, starting to find some consistency in that game again. 16th at the Ballast Bar, 14th at Augusta, 10th at the RBC, 5th at the PGA, 10th going back across the pond, played that Porsche European Open in Germany. Really good history in major championships on difficult golf courses. Remember, he was the runner-up in 2018 to Brooks Kepka at Shinnecock Hills. I think Shinnecock, kind of a little bit similar to this course, a classical Northeast type of U.S. Open design. Second in the 2019 Open, fifth, obviously, at the PGA at Southern Hills, which Gil Hans just did some modifications with, as he's done this week. So Tommy Fleetwood, my long shot at 89-1. to Not a fan of uh, Fleetwood. If he wins this tournament, I'll buy you dinner at Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> You already owe me one. <laughs> I'll buy it only get two. <laughs> well, let me get to uh, my outrights, my head-to-heads here, everything I've done for the U.S. Open. My shortest shot is Patrick Cantley. Got him at 28-1. to 1. He really lights up the stat sheet for me. Excellent in total driving like we've talked about. He's drifted up, too, because I think people got burned by him at the yep. PGA because I almost added him, and I may look – like for an in-play, depending on what the number is. But I have a feeling that's the guy that concerns me the most that I don't have that I could have buyer's remorse on. Well, he's great on the bent Poana blend. We've seen it at Pebble. We've seen it at Riviera. And exactly to your point, Wes, I thought there was a little bit of drift on Patrick Cantlay because the fact that he missed the cut at the PGA Championship and people are kind of wiping him off the board here. I went back to Patrick Cantlay this week, and I think his game definitely matches all the skill sets that I'm looking at. Uh, Matt, I'm with you on Sam Burns and Nick Bogdanovich as well. Uh, maybe the hottest player on the planet right now. He won at Colonial, which is a course I think has a lot of U.S. Open characteristics. Mm. He's got a seventh at the Honda Classic. He's also got an eighth in Napa at Silverado. 30th on tour in total driving. Fourth in strokes gained approach. And 16th in strokes gained putting. I'm with you, Wes, on Shane Lowry. I got him at 41 to 1. And I just love the way this guy plays difficult golf courses very well. We talked about the breeze in the forecast, anywhere from 10 to 15, maybe 20 miles an hour. He's a great wind player. 
He's been great at Pebble Beach. He was second this year at the Honda, 23rd at the PGA. He avoids bogeys, ninth on tour on approach, second in scrambling. I'm with you on Tony Finau as well. His red-hot play continues. If you look at his total driving numbers, they don't look that sexy. But if you look at what mm -hmm. he's done the last four or five weeks, they're he's fantastic. peaking at the right time. And one thing to mention, I want to go back to Lowry for a minute, because one of the stats I used in the model this week, total strokes gain on difficult scoring conditions. You if, you, if you're at uh, FantasyNational.com, you can run all these numbers. And Shane Lowry was top four last 24 rounds. The only guys better, Rory, Cameron Smith, and Scotty Scheffler. If he's up beating those guys or competing with those guys, then he's going to be competing this week. And Tony Finau's stats, also amazing at all the correlated courses. Colonial, winged foot, the PGA. I mentioned the Gil Hance redesigns, Aronimic, and Ridgewood. He was second at Ridgewood in 2018, eighth at Aronimic in 2018, fifth at Olympia Fields in 2020. Has top ten finishes at Colonial, the Memorial, and also in Napa. Soon JM, I'm with you on him at 65 to 1. Just a machine in the stats, total driving, scrambling, bogey avoidance, top 10 finishes at the Colonial Memorial, Napa, also has a win at the Honda Classic. Daniel Berger, 75 to 1. That number's come down a bit. I wasn't sold on Daniel Berger until I, what I saw him do at the Memorial. You know, he's had that nagging injury mm -hmm. for what seems like the entire year. But he finished fifth at Mirfield Village just a couple of weeks ago. And that tells me that maybe the injury is a thing of the past. And if his game is on, I definitely think he has the tools to contend. Matt, I'm with you at, uh, on Max Homa at 80-1. to 1. Like Shane Lowry, I think this is another guy that plays difficult golf courses very well. Just won at TPC Potomac. Last year won at Riviera. He's a fantastic putter. Uh, and you kind of alluded to it. I think Max Homa is that guy that the next thing in his career is, is a major championship. He's kind of done a lot of other things mm -hmm. very, very well. And I think he is really knocking on the door of becoming a major champion. And then two triple-digit guys, one guy that uh, Nick Bogdanovich mentioned, Aaron Wise. You know, he's always been such a tremendous driver of the golf ball and a ball striker, but now the short game's starting to come around as well. I was able to get him at 110 to 1. His price has come down quite a bit. Um, 46th on tour in scrambling and 69th in strokes gained around the green. So that tells you that he's uh, tidied up that short game. Top quite five a bit. on approach, by the way, over the last 36 rounds is Aaron Wise. I have him on a matchup this week against Harold Barner. There you go. He was fifth at Ridgewood uh, at the BMW in 2018 and second at the Memorial just a couple of weeks ago. And speaking of the Memorial, Billy Horschel, I mentioned this one uh, earlier on a couple long shots uh, programs before. Before he won in that Friday night of the Memorial, I grabbed him at 150 to 1. Billy Horschel's now down to about 50. Yeah, to did Daddy win? Yes, he did. He won big. That's what his kids were asking as they rushed the green at the Memorial. So, uh, you know, when you win against a big field like that at Muirfield, your price is going to drift. So that's the only thing Billy Horschel hasn't done is really go low at a major. How about this? In 33 career major starts, Billy Horschel, Billy Ho has only one top 15. Yeah. That's and, surprising. And, yeah. and that was one I looked at, too. It was at Marion, who finished fourth. And I think Marion, you guys have alluded to it, is a correlated course where Justin Rose won in 2013. Um, he's tremendous in driving accuracy. He's 10th on tour in strokes gain putting. At the Gil Hance redesigns, he's been incredible. He was uh, third at the Northern Trust and third at Aronimic. So, you know, I don't know if Billy Ho is going to win it, but I certainly got a good number there. And then my head-to-head -head matchups, I played Luke List, minus 140 over Kevin Kisner. I just think this golf course is too big for Kevin Kisner. I went against him at Southern Hills, and I think uh, it could be the case here again this week. Max Homa, plus 110 over Corey Connors. Uh, Patrick Cantley, minus 130 over Cameron Smith. And I also made a prop bet. I bet Cameron Smith to miss the cut at plus 220. And, Wes, you alluded to it. His game off the tee has been so erratic. If this guy finds himself in the rough all week, he's going to struggle. Yeah, because he's so darn good around the greens. Right. He's one of the best chippers really in the world. His short game is just tremendous. It's just, you know, keep it in like the intermediate cut of the rough and don't get in the deep stuff, and he may be a contender here. All right, now you mentioned you had one matchup with, uh, who was it? Yeah, Aaron it was uh, Aaron Wise, Wise over Harold Varner. A couple more I'll get to here. John Rahm minus $1.05 over Scotty Scheffler. Kurt Kitayama minus 120 over Danny Lee. And Kitayama, who played his golf right here in Vegas at UNLV, 
he's a guy that's really good on like long irons. And I think that your long irons, you know, 175 to 200, 200 plus, I use those both for proximity gain to the hole. And he really measured well on there. Uh, we're oppo on one matchup. I have Corey Connors over Max Homa this week, minus $1.15 on Connors. And then I just thought that I thought that matchup should have been closer to a pick em. It I, I, both it, of those players it probably are should have been contenders, I think, this week. And maybe I I'm buying like a little money. bit on Connors because, of course, last week, Canadian Open, you know, it's always hard to win your home event. Yeah, sure. And, you know, he rallied on Sunday for a nice top 10 finish. So the pre he might have less pressure this week in the U.S. Open well, probably you know than what? he has in the RBC. He's going to win. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we're at least going to split on that. And then Tommy Fleetwood minus $1.20 over Justin Rose. That could be a push. That is going to yes. do it for this week's edition of Long Shots. Enjoy the U.S. Open, everybody. Happy Father's Day weekend. Next week, we head for Connecticut to the Travelers Championship. And Chris Felica, the bear from ESPN, will be our guest to break it down. Pick some winners, everybody. Happy U.S. Open week. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.